This is a special COVID-19 edition of the Bedrock Podcast. Check us out at doverspark.org. All right, good afternoon, Team Dover. Um, Colonel Jones, coming back to you for, I think, our third Facebook Live Town Hall. Uh, joined again today with our Command Chief, Chief Shea G, and our Mission Support Group Commander, Colonel Tyler Schaff. I, uh, you know, a lot has changed since we last met a couple of weeks ago, not the least of which was my very short haircut, uh, kind of a do-it-yourself do it at home. And so I was going to give Colonel Schaff the day off, but he's really given me a hard time on my haircut. So we've brought him back uh, for our third installment. And Colonel Schaff, uh, I'll welcome you and hand it over to you for some opening comments. All right. Thank you, uh, Colonel Jones. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. So these are unprecedented times. And as a team, we are slowly but surely getting through this public health emergency. I encourage everybody to continue to do your part as we work to a new normal. So what does a new normal look like? Honestly, I'm not sure, but let me tell you about my new normal as of today. My daughter Alexis has taken online classes through Caesar Rodney, taught by teachers that care immensely about their students. In fact, the governor commented yesterday that the school year will likely be canceled for the year. My home has turned into my part-time office, seriously messing with my wife's routine. Speaking of my wife, she did cut my hair today, which is a sporty experience in itself. Selfishly, I'll be honest with you, I'm frustrated with COVID. I was supposed to be departing this weekend for a buddy's trip to Scotland to play golf for a week that I've been planning for an entire year. And as of now, my PCS this summer is a question mark, like many of your PCSs are. Many of you have heard the Secretary of Defense announce that the stop movement will continue, and we are anxiously awaiting policies so we can get that out to you. I also know our deployers are still, at, still risking their lives and away from their loved ones for a longer time than we told them. And in the past month, we've welcomed over 70 tech school graduates to Dover, some of them diverted from overseas locations. Imagine this being your first Air Force assignment during these challenges. I also have friends who are struggling with COVID, and I'm sending them well wishes each day. The fact is that our lives have been impacted like I never imagined, with not a bunch of answers of what the future holds. With this being said, I can comment on what I do know. I do know that I'm proud of this Dover Air Force team, our mission partners, families, and our retirees who have honorably served and paved the way for us. And all that they're doing, or in some cases, all that we're deliberately not doing to fight this virus. I'm thankful for Colonel Jones and his leadership. I'm thankful that I'm at Dover Air Force Base because of this wonderful community, both on and off base. I'm thankful that my new puppy, which we got right before the shelter in place, Percy, doesn't judge me even when I make a horrible decision. And most of all, I'm excited to be part of the leadership team here at Dover that will rebuild our new normal together. We will be stronger after this, and I look forward to taking your questions today. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Chief? Hello, Team Dover. Over the past few weeks, I have been truly inspired by the amount of selflessness and generosity from our military, our civilians, and our families. Our command teams have shown creative and innovative ways to get after holding meetings, taking care of people, but also getting after the mission that has to still be done. The volunteerism and the collaboration have been vital to us combating COVID-19. We have senior enlisted leaders that are working in facilities to help make sure they are clean, they're stocked, 
and they're safe for all of our families. We have airmen from all over the base volunteering at the medical group's new curbside pharmacy. We also have families and airmen that are taking their time to make masks and other supplies and giving them to whomever they wish or who is in need. As we continue during this unprecedented time, let's continue to physical distance, but let's not forget about social interaction. Whether it be through virtual phone call or exercising, please make sure you connect with folks outside of your daily routine of your home or your dorm room. Please continue in this difficult time to persevere. Team Dover will be stronger together and we will exceed expectations. I am truly, truly humbled to be a part of this family and y'all are truly amazing. Sir? Thanks, Command Chief. Um, and, and let me start by just thanking each of you um, as, as we're in this together and, and thank you for your leadership. It, it is the new normal um, and we know that it's going to last uh, no longer are we saying weeks or months, but it's going to be a changed next phase for years. And Colonel Schaff, thank you for bringing in kind of a personal touch on if you can think through your story. Um, I think it kind of humanizes what, what we're all going through, so thank you. Um, you'll notice as you follow along today that uh, we have many of our helping agencies on base. And so if you see someone answer your question before I get an opportunity, that's going to be why. We also have joining with us our other big mission partner on base, which is our reserve wing, the 512th. I'd like to wish the reserve command a happy birthday, and uh, I know they are following along. I wanted to acknowledge a counter-drug mission that they did during these times of COVID, taking over 100,000 pounds of cargo out of Panama just this week. So thanks, guys. Okay, uh, updates. I know we're all dialed into the news, and I know our public affairs team's done a good job taking a look at the uh, state of Delaware, and you've seen those numbers. One of the things we're continuing to focus on, as around the United States, you're starting to see some areas where the flattening of the curve and cases are decreasing. We are reminded that Dover may not be in the first wave of those that recovers um, based on our geography. And we're definitely reminded of uh, New Jersey, Maryland, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, of some of the surrounding states and the challenges that they've had. I can tell you that here locally in the base population, we have not been exempt from positive cases of corona, um, but we are fortunate that it has just been a trickle. And you just heard me talk about a mission from our reserve wing. Um, it was just two nights ago that the command chief and I got a chance to go out on the flight line um, and see what this new normal looks like. Let me tell you right up front, um, it was a combat mission uh, taken off out of Dover Air Force Base. Um, but there were a couple things I noticed that were different. Uh, the aerial port members and the maintainers who are generating uh, this airlift were all wearing masks while they were doing their job. A slight inconvenience and not for show um, because it was part of them doing their part. As we actually got on the crew bus and took a ride out there, we saw an innovation where they made modifications to the bus where uh, there's a new way to keep the driver safe instead of coming onto a vehicle like you might be accustomed to. And there's a ladder accustomed now to the back of the bus and there was a combination of plastic and plexiglass uh, protecting that bus driver. And it was just a reminder that our mission will continue. Let me give you just a handful, and we can certainly go into greater detail during our topics, of some things that have changed since we last met a couple weeks ago. Uh, first, just in the last couple of days, I've extended our public health emergency for another month. 
Um, the declaration of a public health emergency has given us and myself one of our greatest tools, and that is the ability to, when necessary, have folks isolate and quarantine if they've been in direct contact or they've gotten sick. And uh, it has been the thing that has been the most successful, and we're going to extend that public health emergency, at least for now, for another month. Colonel Schaff alluded to stop movement as we were hoping that that came to an expiration. Our Secretary of Defense has indicated that it will extend and they stopped short of a, day certain, a date certain, but we're all waiting to see uh, what stop movement has in store and we are anticipating that it will slide further to the right. Um, one of the hardest decisions I had to make, and I'm certain that this will come up in questions, was the decision to restrict base access to our retiree and dependent population to only accessing the installation on Wednesdays and Saturdays. I'll save some of the details of that conversation for our question and answer. Um, I will say that as part of that change, we also allowed access on those days, Wednesday and Saturday, to the retiree and their dependents, use of the pharmacy and the commissary and giving them exclusive access on those days. Just recently, on this last Saturday, our pharmacy started curbside pickup. If you're worried about germs and spreading of germs in COVID, now you drive up in the comfort of your own car and you have airmen that are relaying and fulfilling your medicine at the comfort of your window. We'll talk about that more as well. Just as we were all starting to go through cloth face coverings, um, the commissary made it mandatory. And I, I talked about it on the flight line and you're starting to see that all over base. Um, starting just this last Wednesday and continuing through this weekend, if you come to the commissary during times of peak traffic, one of our chief master sergeants on base had a really innovative idea of a queuing system. Uh, you can think of it something akin to a fast pass at Disney. And so if you get there and there's a line, you go get a ticket and they'll give you a slot time for maybe a half hour or an hour later, or if you want, even later than that, then you can wait in the comfort of your car or come back later so that you don't have to stand in line. Um, that was very successful and we're going to continue that practice. Um, in the greater Defense Department, uh, we just learned yesterday that our special leave accrual, and that is you used to be able to carry 60 days of leave but no more into the next year, has been extended. And that makes sense. While so many of us are not taking leave right now and having our plans canceled, um, you're able to accrue and hold up to 120 days of the leave, and that won't expire until 2023. And so let me kind of stop my opening comments with giving you three pieces that I thought were heartwarming stories uh, that were coming out of our own community and airmen. The first is a captain who was watching the medical community suffer and work so hard in New York City. And on his own initiative, he set up a GoFundMe page and raised $1,500 to provide meals and a meal delivery service to those medics in New York City, um, his own initiative. We have an airman in the dorms, and I want you just to picture this, who she decided for her fellow squadron mates, she would fashion and get out a sewing machine and make 40 masks for the airmen in her squadron. And I like that story so much because it's out of her dorm room. And then lastly, and maybe you saw the video as it led up to our town hall today, um, our innovation team, they call themselves Bedrock, um, started an initiative that many other bases are doing as well, and that is plastic face coverings. What, and they've used these for the FSS, our fire department, and our defenders at the gate. What you might not know, and this is a couple days ago, they had already made 160 of these. Many of these airmen are hobbyists 
who have 3D printing capabilities at their house. And they fashion some of these masks uh, at their house. And so those are three stories that showed me the best of the human spirit during times like this. But let me stop there. I'm gonna hand it over to Public Affairs for our first question, and we'll do like we've done before and uh, answer as many questions as we can. Yes, sir. So we've received several questions about the requirements and guidance related to face mask coverings for both those members who are assigned to the base and working on the base and pet patrons as well in some of our facilities. Yeah, I just touched on it, but Colonel Shaw, if you willing to go into more detail? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Colonel Jones. So uh, to address the face mask issue, so the Secretary of Defense uh, did put out a policy and said it makes uh, good, good common sense where um, work areas or high traffic areas where you can't social distance that you should wear a face mask. And so we are following that, uh, that guidance. Um, the uh, Defense Commissary Agency also put out a, uh, a statement where they said it's mandatory use for their employees and for those that come within the uh, commissary. And as such, um, you know, it makes sense also at the BX, the shop at, and other high traffic uh, areas. So if in doubt, I would say uh, you should have a, uh, a mask on. Um, Colonel Jones actually asked the Vice Wing Commander, Colonel Anderson, to lead a, uh, a PPE working group on the base. And uh, through partnerships with contracting and uh, LRS, civil engineer, uh, medics, etc., we're working really hard to get those masks that we can issue out to our airmen who need them. And when I say airmen, I mean big A airmen, our uh, civilian partners as well. And so we should be expecting those in, if not today, early next week. You can imagine when the entire country decides to buy masks at once, the challenges that come in with that. So let me, uh, let me tell you, I'll, I'll show you that uh, there's the, the websites have numerous uh, places where you can make them. Um, my daughter Alexis made this one for me. She took the Security Forces morale shirt and uh, cut out the logo and sewed it on here. And so, uh, you know, as, as ridiculous as you feel and, and the way they uh, fog up your glasses, um, you know, it is the uh, Secretary of Defense's policy. And so, uh, you know, we, we'll ask that you do wear those in high trafficked areas. Now, I know there's been a lot of questions out there about, hey, I've, I've seen somebody who didn't have one on. How do we address that? Well, you can, you can go to the manager of the facility, or we can do what we're trained to do. And we just talk to people with respect. I know I'm not in the habit of wearing one. I would be surprised if anybody's in the habit of wearing these masks. And so it's easy to forget. Um, you may take it down to, to say something uh, inadvertently and uh, not put it back up. So let's just treat each other the way we all want to be treated and uh, address those issues. And uh, I know that nobody wants to put themselves at additional risk. So uh, I think that covers the, uh, the mask question, Colonel Jones. We, we should have a bunch more in to issue to our, our big A airmen. And uh, we ask that everybody uh, transiting through high trafficked areas go ahead and put one on. Yeah, while you were talking, someone was asking a question about the colors we can wear. So I yeah. believe uh, black is, well, first of all, if you're a, a civilian or a family member, there are no, no restrictions on the color. If you're in uniform, um, black, I think tan and camouflage. Did anyone, is that correct? Uh, there's, there's a few more colors, sir, but they're very conservative. Okay. Um, and so we're keeping that in mind as we were starting to buy some of these. Yeah. So while we were talking, Command Chief, any questions come across the stream that you want to take a hack at? Sure. Michael asked, um, can the exchange be closed? And why are people buying TVs? Uh, so uh, as Colonel Schaff said earlier, we have 70 brand new airmen that just arrived to our base uh, without their household goods. Um, we have individuals that are staying in lodging or just received their house or apartment that have had to PCS in because they're essential. Um, so while, yes, we could close it, we also have dorm residents 
that are need supplies that they can't just go out on the local economy because they don't have vehicles. So while I understand your concern, I think we need to leave it open because we still have a base population that is in need of certain things and sometimes a dorm room doesn't always have a TV in it. So we want to make sure that those individuals that are that are in their rooms or in their houses or are just arriving are still able to get necessities the same day versus through the mail. Thanks, Chief. Mm -hmm. I just saw a Tina, Tina Joe, ask a good question about soft reopenings and whether the base would go with the state or go it alone. And so some of the reopening conversations that are starting to be had at the federal, state, and even local level, um, internally, we are committed where possible that we are going to um, stay in synchronization with our state and with our governor. And we've been very fortunate so far to be able to do that, and that is our desire moving forward. I can really only think of military unique readiness kind of considerations where we would do anything different. Um, but, you know, if you think about something just as simple as we have a elementary and middle school on our base that the governor is the one who decided to close school when he did. It just makes the most sense that we don't have separate policies. And so whether it's their calls and their press releases and their emergency management team, we're in sync with the government. And that's one of my strongest commitments is not only stay in sync, but let the state go first where it makes sense. Um, all right, public affairs, over to you. Anything? Yes, sir. So we had a question from Norma about base access for retirees and the possibility of offering another day of commissary and or pharmacy access for them. Okay. Um, yeah, I think this is probably the question from the time that we restricted access um, to Wednesday and Saturdays for the retirees and the retiree dependents um, that I've gotten the most questions on. You know, what, a version of that question I've gotten probably 10 different times from 10 different groups is why is it that the community that visits our commissaries and pharmacies the most is given the fewest number of days? And so um, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this one. And if you'll allow me, I'm going to give a little bit more of a comprehensive answer to this topic, um, which is really going to be all things pharmacy and all things commissary. And so first know that in making this decision, um, the fundamental thing that I think about in making that is how we can best protect our force. I don't know if there's any mission set more than airlift and air mobility that can't ever take a break. And we've seen that both in humanitarian and combat missions while we're doing that. And my sacred obligation is to protect that force and the families that they live with so that we, for all of you, can continue that mission. And so that was part of what drove some of these decisions. Um, part of what I wanted to do for all of us was to reduce our number of our movement and the number of people on base. So as an example, my family members now um, don't have the same access to the pharmacy and commissary that they're used to. It's certainly our retirees and, re and their families don't. And it's really important that if we can all reduce our movement for a little longer, we'll be more successful. Um, the next area that I was really focused on is that if we are in this once in a lifetime situation, what is it that we can do to change our behaviors, not just to wait it out for a day or two, but actually change our behaviors. So I'll ask a series of questions that you can reflect on. Have you changed your behavior? Have you started a mail order pharmacy? I have. Um, when you have a prescription, now that we're on these reduced days, do you call in your prescription before you get here or do you wait till you get on the curb? Um, 
Have you changed your habits at the grocery store by maybe shopping less often or when you shop, uh, shopping for more? Have you found one of those online delivery services that'll deliver their groceries to their car? I ask those series of questions because I think it's important that over time we change our behaviors. And one of the things that I'm committed on is as we make these changes is not to make little adjustments and especially not to make big adjustments every single day because it's hard to get the message out. So we're committed to that. Um, but I'm also committed that these measures I take not to make it riskier for anyone's health. Um, that would be a fail right on its onset. But I am aware that they have increased your inconvenience both in areas sometimes of longer lines and longer wait times. Um, and we've certainly done some things to try to mitigate that and I'll talk about them in a second. But at the forefront is this concept where we protect those that are at risk the most. And let me tell you some of the things we've done that we're proud of and that last time we met we hadn't started to do. Um, the first is we realized we didn't have any hand washing stations on base. And so we let a contract and we now have four hand washing stations that we rented so that people can wash their hands if they happen to be in some of these highly trafficked areas. Um, we've already had lots of conversation on this cloth face coverings. It turned into this concept where it was encouraged and then very, very quickly it became mandatory um, to wear these floss, uh, cloth face coverings. Um, I talked earlier about the queuing system. That is an important one. We've had pretty nice weather this week. Um, but sometimes the worst thing you can do is wait in line where you have to have a lot of discipline to stay six feet apart from that person that's in front of you or behind you. But if you can get a ticket and go back to the shelter and comfort of your car, uh, we think that makes a lot of sense and we're going to continue that process. Um, two other areas on protecting those that are at mo most risk is um, we're undergoing a deep cleaning every night as the store closes. So that should give you some comfort that as um, you come in the next day, that you know that you're coming into a fresh and clean environment. Um, curbside pickup at the pharmacy, we already discussed it. Um, and then the last one is, is we restricted the number of people in the stores at to 75. And that's probably the biggest thing we can do to protect your safety, but it's also the thing that's caused some longer lines. Lastly, when it comes to the commissary and the pharmacy, it's important that we acknowledge that we all pay and not only changing our behaviors, but we all share in this sacrifice together. That's why we have airmen taking their free time to deliver medicine at the curb to retirees and their families. Um, that's why we created exclusive days that if it's not your exclusive day, um, all populations are somewhat inconvenienced. Um, that's why when you go to the pharmacy and the next time you'll probably see it will be this weekend, you will see the highest ranking enlisted that this base has to offer helping you out washing down your carts, uh, making sure that social distancing and uh, only 75 people in the store are being adhered to, handing out those tickets and just spreading a little bit of cheer. And so I know that was a long answer, um, but I know this has been a very um, kind of challenging issue for those that are accustomed to doing things the same way they always have. I ask that we all do our part in changing our behavior and we stay focused on that while there may be a temporary inconvenience, our focus is not only on the military mission that we must preserve, but also on mitigating the germs and the cross-contamination. So uh, I know a long answer, JJ, but thanks for taking the time to do that. All right, I'm gonna go back to uh, uh, Chief or Colonel, have either of you seen a question while I gave that answer? Um, I, I've got something I'd like to, uh, like to address, to kind of a public service uh, announcement uh, as such. And so, 
You know, as, as we talk about uh, going through these uh, stressful times, um, I want to remind everybody out there that uh, we still do provide services at the Airmen and Family Readiness Center, such as the MFLAC, the Military Life Family Counselors, um, and financial services, etc. And so I'd like to encourage, encourage folks, and, and you may not feel compelled by uh, me telling you to do this, but as you think uh, and you reflect about the uh, extra stresses that we're on, um, th think about financial challenges. I know that there's a lot of dual income families out there that now may only have one income or they may not have any incomes depending on your status. The uh, AFRC is still doing financial uh, um, assistance out there or financial counseling. And I'd ask you to go to their Facebook site and they'll, they'll have the number and maybe PA will, will follow up and post the number on here for you to do that as well. Also, uh, some people are getting stimulus checks. And uh, as you think through how you're going to spend that money, might not be a bad idea to talk to the counselors there to help as well. Um, additionally, um, there, there's information out there on the AFRC's uh, Facebook website about the, uh, the uh, non-medical uh, counseling that's out there. And the types of things that they counsel for are stress, maybe transition, um, maybe uh, job, maybe uh, family, things that you want to talk to somebody about. And they are continuing to do those. I will tell you, though, the last three weeks, usage has been way down. And so I'm concerned that uh, the customers or the people who need them out there may not feel that they're available to them. And they absolutely are. They're doing those via telephone. They will do those via video. And I would just challenge people to uh, ask for some help and uh, be able to talk through some of these issues. I know uh, I, know I have. And uh, I know this is uh, a very stressful time for a lot of different people. So I want to take the opportunity to make sure that you know that that's out there. And Matt Fisher, thanks for doubling down on Colonel Schaff's message there. I'll do a couple of quick ones that I saw uh, come across the feed while we were talking. Uh, one talked about pre-screening at the gate. And I think that there was a minor change that I failed to go over. So thank you for asking that question. And that is, we used to screen anybody uh, coming on gate that was going to go to the passenger terminal or to the medical group in the, in the clinic. If the only reason you're going to the clinic right now is the pharmacy and we're able to do curbside pickup, you're no longer required to go through the medical screening point at the main gate. You can go through the regular lane and that is that has helped a little bit with lines and speeding it up. The other question I jotted down was referencing, hey, this deep clean that's happening right now uh, every night when the store closes, is that going to continue when COVID's over and are things like hand washing stations going to be there? And I think it's a really important point and if you heard of us talk about the new normal, um, there will be some things that can't go back uh, to where they've been before. And so I think uh, the example of hand washing stations or hand sanitizer as you enter facilities, uh, whether that's in society or on our base, are a perfect example, and thank you for bringing it up, of things that have to, have to continue. All right, Chief, over to you. I have a couple. So there was one earlier asking about um, custody, visitation, there are certain things that are still happening case by case where we have members that have ill, um, sick families or they have child custody. If you have to work that to, to get access or your concerns, please up, take that up the chain of command. Your chain of command will help facilitate that process to make sure it's good to go and then go up to the next level as needed. There was another question, um, Ashley, uh, put down for getting promotions and making sure finance. If you're not getting your exact pay, finance is still answering calls and they're also answering emails. They have a direct link that you can uh, respond to them and they will respond within a day. 
So please reach out to finance if you're not getting the right pay uh, in your bank account, even though maybe your uh, ID card is, ex is expiring or needs to be updated. Another one is we're having, uh, one is having a baby uh, coming home and wants to bring her mother down. Just realize that you also have to work that through your chain of command to get a visitor's pass to get that authorized. And if they're coming out of state, there is a 14 day re quarantine requirement uh, to make sure that they have to adhere to uh, both for the base, but also in, uh, in accordance with, with what the governor is doing for the state. Sure. Yeah, a good question that just came up um, on the gym. And, you know, the obvious question I think that's on a lot of people's mind is when is it going to open? And we are not close enough yet to have a date certain on when that might happen. Uh, but we've started to see, and I think this may have come out of the White House in the last two days, as well as some of the governors around the country, that as gyms talk about reopening, um, the first thing they'll do is have less people in there. And then the second thing they'll do is only open up to certain activities where you can have uh, a little bit of physical distancing and then the last thing to come back will be those classes where you're in close proximity to one another you know and things like five on five basketball might might be amongst the last but I think a really good question that's on people's mind um, it's been one of the reasons that we have allowed um, folks even, even some folks that have been in self-quarantine to go outdoors and do physical activity um, it's the reason that our golf courses take such incredible measures to make sure that whether it's plexiglass or cleaning of equipment that they've been able to keep that uh, facility open so that people can come out and get exercise. And I know a lot of people are doing new workouts from home, but I acknowledge that there's a high demand to get that gym open. Uh, we're just not close enough to having a date certain, but hopefully that gives you an idea on what those phases might look at. All right, uh, I'll, I'll hand it over to Public Affairs or Colonel Schaff to see if either of you have jotted something down. Yeah, I've, I've got uh, two things that I was uh, tracking. Uh, I lost the name in the in the scroll there, but congratulations on uh, bringing your baby home from the NICU. Um, Chief G addressed uh, how to get your mom access to the base. I also want to address how you get your baby enrolled in Deers because mm -hmm. I know that will be important to you. So the MPS is absolutely still open. In fact, I get a daily uh, update from them where they see 60 to 70 customers per day. Now what, uh, what the Department of Defense has done is uh, they have extended a lot of ID cards up through the 30th of September. So if your ID card is expired, um, if uh, your status has changed, if you've been promoted, um, you know, you, you can call the MPS and they will give you the guidance on that or you can look it up on the website. It's, I think it's cac.mil has all the information on that. But as far as enrolling your baby, absolutely call the MPS and they will schedule an appointment and help you work through to make sure that you get your baby in Deers because I know that's one of the important first steps. Uh, another question that I saw was uh, on uh, deep cleaning of building 520. And uh, so as we are working on what does is, what is our new normal look like, we have included that in our areas of uh, trying to figure out what, what does that look like. You know, consulting with public health, consulting with uh, C. Bernie, trying to figure out, you know, what our cleaning patterns look like, what are our contracts that are already in place, and will we have to supplement that or potentially change those, and uh, what does our new normal look like? So I appreciate you bringing up that question. We have working groups that are looking into all those areas and working with industry as well to see what's effective and, and what works. But that's certainly going to be a challenge as we go forward, especially as we uh, figure out how to move forward to uh, keep our mission going. So appreciate that question. Yeah, and we, I mean, we actually signed a new contract for the sole purpose of increased cleaning capability. 
um, that we have at our disposal, and I think we've used it at least once that I'm aware of, and, and that's something we didn't have uh, prior to this. And, and, and that, that sounds small, but that was a big deal because uh, that's a service that is in high demand all over the place. Um, and so thanks. It seems like these questions are being answered by everyone online as fast as they can uh, come in, and I really appreciate that. The, um, there was a question on, uh, will redeployers, as they start to come back in, be required to quarantine? And um, while policy continues to change, uh, right now the answer of that would be yes, and that would be uh, a two-week quarantine as folks are coming back from these Tier 2 and Tier 3 category countries. Um, but all that's subject to change as, as time goes on. All right, Public Affairs, do you see anything on there? Yes, sir. So we received numerous questions prior to our town hall event about the number of positive COVID-19 cases here on the base, concerns about possible exposure in certain areas. Yeah, okay. Um, and I think that's a question I would uh, anticipate every time we have one of these town halls because it's on people's mind. How close is this coronavirus getting to me? And so we mentioned last time that the Department of Defense has quit releasing every new case that they get at every individual installation. You can, you can imagine, if you were to add all those up, some installations would be doing better than others, and that would start to uh, violate our operational security uh, tenant. And so I think it was a really smart move when they made that. Um, but I'm still allowed to tell you that um, our base has not been unaffected. Um, I think I used the word earlier in our conversation that we've still seen a trickle at Dover. I'll probably leave it at that, but I'll go just the one step further of um, knowing that that trickle is not hitting just one population. And so if you look at the populations of those that wear the uniform of our DOD civilians, if you look at our family members, and if you look at our retirees and their dependents, we're seeing a pretty good balance across all those populations. And I think the, the real question there on exposure is, hey, what if, what if somebody, so that there's two parts of that, that, that one, one bears reminder. Um, if you're feeling sick, you're still required to stay home. Um, we, have, we are finding ways for your teammates to step up when you can't be here. And so there, there's the first reminder, if you are sick, do not put people in risk. And if these, these uh, shelter in place orders, um, if you're violating those, uh, we will investigate and we will come after it. I'll probably leave it at that, but we're looking into a couple instances right now to make sure that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I think, I think it's, it's important. So thanks for that question. All right, we're getting towards the end here. Uh, I'm gonna give everyone a chance to see if uh, another question or two came in during that one. So I'll say Chris um, asked the question about uh, when deployers may leave uh, for their deployments, um, possibly when they come back and the stop movement may be lifted. The SECDEF uh, posted his uh, town hall uh, and did say that the stop movement would be extended, but they didn't say to what extent and who would be affected. So we're still waiting uh, on that further guidance to say what that actually looks like. And then of course there will still be exception to policies in case by case uh, should the need arise for, for coming home or going to deployments based on that. Colonel Schaff? Um, I, th I think uh, j just to kind of piggyback on that, um, so, so there are, um, you know, everybody has a story, right? And there are um, individuals out there who, who have challenges or issues that we're not aware of. And so we do have an exception to policy process for uh, traveling or uh, those types of scenarios that come up. And, you know, as leaders, we, we look through those and we painfully balance the, uh, the risk that's out there and the reason for those. And uh, 
I would just ask for those out there, if you're a, if you're a, uh, a spouse or dependence of somebody who's deployed, or uh, if, if you're somebody who has an issue that has not made it up through the chain of command, please, please push it back up. And uh, you know, right now these policies work for the masses, but they do not work for the eaches. And if we don't know what those eaches are, then we can't help you. And uh, right now that's, that's our sole job is to make sure that uh, you're staying safe, make sure that we continue to execute the mission here, and make sure that you have what you need during this uh, hopefully temporary period of, uh, of inconvenience. And so please let us know if there's uh, resources or things that we can do to help. So a couple join in late um, questions back on the commissary, Kyle, Joe. Um, we are going to post this town hall back on the internet so that you can watch it again. And so those, um, those questions were answered in, 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 in pretty good detail. We'll, we'll ask you if you have time to go back and, and watch those. Um, thanks for Mike answering Jesse's question on playgrounds being closed on base. And then we had an earlier question talking about um, can you get a renewal of your prescription just by going online? And I think the med group did a good job of answering that, but it, it went off the screen real fast. I believe, and I'll ask the folks in the room that are here with me, uh, there is a feature through TRICARE Online that you can securely communicate with your provider just through kind of a, a messaging system. And there's also the ability to pick up the telephone. So anything to add on that? I use online and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. If they have questions, They'll, uh, they'll track you down in a very expedient uh, method, and uh, it's one less visit, so I, I use the online options. Yeah, and, and Jacob's uh, letting us know on there that part of the question on the playgrounds is because they continue to see every now and then children playing on those. And I think it goes back to Colonel Schaff's point that he made at the beginning of this, which is when you see somebody not wearing a mask or maybe not adhering to something that they've been accustomed to having, um, it's okay to politely ask them. Uh, it, it might be because they don't know. It, it might be because at their age where they're allowed to not be with their parents, but they're not following the rules. Um, it might, you know, and it might mean they just need a gentle reminder. And so, uh, Joe, thanks for bringing that up. But okay, well, I think um, anything from public affairs that we need to, otherwise I'm going to wrap it up. So we do have one recurring question about the possibility of a waiver for DOD civilians to access the commissary during this time. Yes, and so I believe early on when we uh, started uh, COVID-19, there was a new allowance that was given to installation commanders to allow different categories of people to use facilities that they had. Um, thus far, I have not exercised the option to go there, but here's what I think it was largely intended for. So take a base like uh, Joint Base McGuire, Dix, Lakehurst, who has hundreds if not thousands of different humanitarian uh, and helping agencies that are fighting this. And those folks that are staying, whether it's in tents or in lodging or in hotels, um, are having a hard time getting their food. That is what I believe that that um, allowance was made for so that they could start to use the basis commissary. Um, we have not had that at this point, and so I like the question because it, it helps me remember that that is out there, um, but it is only something that we'll do if we need to do it. And, and I will say, you know, when it comes to inventory of supplies that you need, whether it's online, downtown, or on base, all of those entities have struggled, but we have started to see improvements in all of those different uh, avenues locally. So any closing comments for uh, the command chief or Colonel Schaff? Yes, sir. So thank you for listening in. Uh, I, I highly encourage you to share this with other folks that maybe weren't able to uh, listen in while we were chatting. And I will say uh, the safety of all of our personnel, whether it's military, civilian, retirees, our families is 
the most important to us, not just any one certain demographic. Um, we make tough decisions. Colonel Jones uh, constantly has to think through and reassess situations as we go through this fluid uh, time. So please, please be aware, the safety of all of our personnel is the most important to us as we go through this time. Thank you for being so selfless and so generous, but also willing to think outside the box and take care of everyone that is needed to be taken care of, whether it's a family, whether it's a coworker, or whether it's another airman that's here by themselves. The generosity in taking care of us and their families is very, very important. So thank you for your time. Okay, thanks Chief. Just a couple, uh, couple things for me. Um, you know, communication in order to be effective has to have a sender and a receiver. And uh, if you don't have both of those, then uh, communication is uh, nearly impossible. And that's a challenge right now is uh, we're not able to uh, gather in masses. We don't have the same tools that we normally have to be able to communicate. And so I just want to thank everybody for joining in today and uh, doing their part of, of receiving. And I promise you that we're also in receive mode as we look at the th types of things that uh, is on your mind. I'd also like to thank all the helping agencies out there that are, that are helping to answer these questions, putting out their phone numbers, putting out their websites, and trying to add to this. It just uh, reinforces to me how much uh, this entire community cares. And uh, just like my opening comments, we will get through this only if we stay together and work together um, to, to fight this. Um, with that being said, I have not seen any comments up there about Colonel Jones's haircut, um, but uh, maybe, uh, maybe it's just his intimidating uh, look behind the desk there or something. <laughs> we'll leave that to uh, his flan Oh, he's got closing comments, so I lose here either way. <laughs> well, well, Over to you, sir. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to smile, Fuzzy. <laughs> um, and I can't help it, there was a couple of uh, new topics that came in as we're, as we're wrapping it up there. Um, so you, you talk about being in receive mode, Colonel Schaff. Um, we just got a suggestion here recently is, hey, is there anything we can do with our chapel? And so I can tell you right now, our chapel team are looking at different options anywhere from having an outdoor service um, or a service where you sit in your car and you get your service at a radio station. And so, you know, that's something we just couldn't think of until the idea came our way. Um, and then there was a question on, hey, what happens if you're separating from the service during COVID? And I just have to take this opportunity to, to, um, to re-attack there. One, let's have this serve as a reminder of how blessed we all are to be in the military while so many people have lost their job and we have such a wonderful system of benefits, a company that takes care of your family and a good paycheck in addition. But those that are separating and have served so honorably, first thing we always ask you to consider is would you be willing to serve in the reserves? Um, the second thing I'll ask you to consider is we still have many, many vacant civilian positions on base. And what might surprise you is the amount of people we've onboarded during COVID. Now, I'll put you on the spot, Colonel Schaff. Do you know a number in the last week or so that we've actually hired onto base? Yeah, actually uh, 12 this past week, they've onboarded uh, new civilians who are local in the area yeah. for positions on the base. And we're looking for all kinds of backgrounds. Uh, and so I will say that, um, and I've talked to reserves, a lot of these positions are getting harder to get when uh, you know companies downtown are laying people off. Um, but I would move fast if you're interested. Uh, we certainly would love to have you. Um, I'm going to end with uh, starting off by saying thanks to a group that I haven't thanked before, and it's our public affairs team. Um, I have been a demanding customer on them, and they've responded each, each time. Uh, just take a look, uh, if, if you're a member of Facebook or of our base website, at how responsive they are to every single question you ask. 
Um, and, and, you know, oftentimes they're coming into work because they have to. Other times they're able to do it from home. Um, but there are more than two, three, or even four people behind the scenes trying to be as responsive as they can. And I don't think anyone in the command is doing it better. Um, second, I want to talk a minute about compassion. Uh, I think we are all suffering from this in different ways, or at least affected or impacted by COVID. But, but I thought of four categories of people that I think deserve special compassion during this time. Um, and I bet in many of these categories, you know somebody. So here's the first. Um, can you imagine being a de deployed family member and your loved one is not only deployed and you miss them, but now they may not come back on time. They may be delayed. Um, you may be having a hard time taking care of the routines that you used to have and the family and the kids. And you may have anxiety of what if my kid or I get sick? Um, I ask for special thoughts for our deployed families. And I know the squadrons are doing so much to take care of them. What if you have somebody who is hospitalized um, by COVID? I've heard of four situations that are only one degree separated from me of people that are either current, and actually they're all still currently hospitalized by COVID. And so as you're inconvenienced, and I am too, think about that for a minute. And, and let's all stay in this together so that we can protect one another. And think of those right now throughout this entire world who are hospitalized by this. Um, the next area is I bet every single person who dialed in today, and at the peak I think I saw th three to 400 people, um, have had some sort of major plan, life event, a milestone, or a dream vacation canceled. And that was okay at first, but as this goes on and on and on, many people are having their second and their third, and I want us to have compassion for that group. Um, and then lastly, let's have some compassion for those that have lost the job. I mentioned how fortunate we are to have our job in the federal government, but some of our family members haven't been so lucky, and certainly some of our neighbors haven't been so lucky. And I think this is the time that we need to bring out the very best in the American society and take care of one another and having to do it in different ways. Okay, my last point that I have as we get uh, away from this town hall, and we'll probably do another one in a couple weeks, um, is I have formally stood up our team our planning team on what it might look like to start to move in to what Colonel Schaff calls the new normal. And, and kind of what I think of is the next phase. Um, I've taken a Colonel on base that is going to lead that effort. Um, and while I do not know exactly when and all those things we want to know, and part of the reason I don't is because we're staying in sync with the governor in the state of Delaware. Um, if you're a kind of person who needs a little bit of optimism, in your life. I think part of the benefit of everyone doing such a good job here locally and allowing the mission to continue is we're allowed to stand up a planning team on what it might look like to eventually get back to, in some cases, normal, in other cases, the new normal. And so all I can say is we're gonna do that methodically. We're gonna use the lessons that we've learned, some of the missteps we've had along the way as we uh, close things up, and uh, we are starting that process. Um, but we are no longer talking about a new normal that will be weeks or months, but much longer than that. Um, I ask everybody to have a, a wonderful day. I hope you have a great weekend too. Thank you very much for joining us. Bye-bye.